This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> you love yoga but you're too tired and busy to fit a studio practice into your schedule. You're looking for ways to fit it into your days without breaking the bank or taking too much time away from loved ones. You want to advance your practice physically, mentally, and spiritually so you can feel stronger and show up better for your work and loved ones. Or maybe you've realized you're getting a watered-down version of yoga at the gym or studio, but signing up for a teacher training just isn't for you. You also don't know where to start when it comes to guiding yourself at home especially with all the distractions and alignment rules. Still, you're ready for more, and you're ready for a complete home practice. The only way to truly go deeper is to bring your practice home. Valeria Telles interviews Kat Valadez, a yoga teacher and speaker. Kat Valadez has been practicing yoga since 2005 and teaching since 2011. The best qualities of vinyasa flow, biomechanics, yin yoga, and mindfulness all find space in her classes to guide students through a practice that is safe, straightforward, and empowering. Though trained in traditional yoga practices, her teaching also remains in step with new science on anatomy, mobility, and biomechanics. Kat is known as a relatable, fun-loving yoga educator who guides with clear, detailed cues to help students embody the practice. Her teaching especially focuses on cultivating strength, stability, and self-compassion rather than striving toward exaggerated ranges of motion just for show. Kat's mission is to empower students to personalize and embody their practice, creating ease and strength in their body on the mat so they can find happiness and resilience in their life off the mat. Meet Kat at katvalidez.com. Here is the interview with Kat Valadez. In your own words, who is Kat Valadez? Mm. Kat Valadez is a yoga movement teacher. She's someone who is seeking to connect and help people connect with themselves. The most gratifying part of my work is um, is just getting to know people that I work with and understanding them, knowing who they are, knowing what's important to them, and then helping them live better lives. That's really all of what my life and work is designed to do. Do you consider that to be the purpose of your life or something absolutely, different? Absolutely. Um, I consider myself someone who's in service to others. It fills me up to help other people and to 
get them on the right course. Um, I struggled a lot before I got to where I am. I mean, of course, I still have struggles, but the work of what I do is actually a result of of the work I had to do for myself. And what I'm providing for other people is really the the steps that I had to take as well or that are a similar path of what I had to take to um, become healthier, to become happier and to become more successful. Talk to me for a moment about that, the connection between healing and yoga. Well, for me, yoga was the path to healing. I gained so much resilience through this practice of self-reflection, of getting to know myself better. We're in a society that really, you know, there's so many distractions, there's so many things going on. It's really easy to lose yourself. And for me, the healing of yoga came from learning how to be present, learning how to sit with myself, learning how to love myself, learning how to take care of myself. These kinds of practices, knowing oneself, taking care of oneself, going deeper, is that what we call spirituality? Or do you have a different idea of what spirituality is? I do consider that spirituality. Uh, for me, yoga is what helps you connect to source or to God or to whatever, however you identify that higher power. And I believe it comes from inside of you and that that connection is there inside of you. And until we learn how to find stillness and get quiet enough to hear that inner voice or in that connection to something bigger than ourselves, um, we're, we're sort of lost until that can happen. So for sure, it's getting to know yourself is, in my view, a huge component of spirituality and understanding your place in the universe or your um, role here in this lifetime. Balance. That's another question I usually ask, not too often these days, but how would you describe what balance is or what to have a balanced life? What does it look like? You know, in my, in my view, balance is from what I've learned, um, balance is really a moving target and it's, it's always moving, always changing. And it's a constant practice, which is another reason why yoga is such an incredible medium for that, for achieving balance. I don't think it's something actually to be achieved. It's not, in my view, a place that we land. It's just a constant practice of flow, um, where we're taking care of ourselves and things go up and down. So they're cyclical in nature, they're cyclical in our lives too. And balance is a part of kind of seeing that whole picture and making sure you're getting a little bit of everything. But it's, um, I think we go a little too hard sometimes on forcing it to be constant because it is, it is always in fluctuation, you know? Yeah. And something it's, I, I've definitely struggled with it. Um, but Again, it's a daily practice. It's a momentary practice. Yes, something that it's not a destination. Like most of us want to get somewhere and stay there. <laughs> a happy place, a balanced place, but it doesn't really exist. Yeah, I think there's a lot of frustration from that for people thinking that they're they're missing the mark when it's really just, you know, living life and doing your best as you go. Yeah. Intuition. Is that something the practice of yoga teach how to get in touch with our intuition or th this word's yeah. not used? I, you know, that is a word that sort of came along more 
in my yoga practice in my later days or more recently in the last few years than when I first began. Um, I think for brand new beginners, intuition can be pretty abstract and hard to understand in terms of yoga practice. But the longer you practice it, I think it's essential is to start connecting with your intuition, starting to trust yourself, um, whether it's in the movement practice of knowing, feeling into what is right for you, feeling into what you can leave behind and that is not for you and intuiting what your needs are in the moment. Uh, A lot of classes I'll start because of my teachers and this is the way they started it too, but I'll ask people what they need and it's, really amazing. A lot of times people don't know. Like they just, they look at me like, I have no idea what I need. In one way, it's kind of like, okay, I'm the one who's there to bring them the class and I have an idea of of what I'm going to offer them. But I ask that question to get them thinking about what, what do they need? What do they want? And that's where the intuition begins from is simply tuning into you because unless we look at ourselves, you know, we're going to be looking outside of ourselves always for answers. And really we have the answers within us. What are some of the signs that we are connecting with our intuition from your perspective? What is a good way to know? Hmm, That's a really good question. I think it's a felt sense in your body of relaxation versus tightness and tension. I think uh, I, when I think back to moments when I am tuning into my intuition, it's, it, it's, it's that in my, it's really a felt tension in my body or lack of tension. And then it also, it really truly is like a gut feeling. Um, sometimes it's an inner voice of just kind of like, I've had that before where there's, there's usually the voice of fear or like logic there. And then there's the deeper voice of, of intuition. And it can be really hard to know which one is which, but usually how I decide which is which is intuition typically is, you know, deep down that it's right, even if it's hard, or even if it's not exactly what you want it to be. And um, the logic is usually like an easier way out, or it's something that is, that's going to take you on a course where you're forcing things. And so when you're ignoring like the outside signs from the universe, then you're going against your intuition. Because that's all connected. So would you say that intuition somehow it's connected to love? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Feeling of love, a feeling of uh, like just like a deeper sense of wholeness. I agree. Uh, It really comes to me that everything goes back to love. So if it is true, then it always goes back to that, that feeling of connectivity with, with everything ourselves, our bodies, um, other people, life itself. That makes so much sense from that view. So let me see, Kat, I have some more questions for you, the warm-up questions. Let me see which ones. I'll ask you this one. What do you love most about being in a human body? Mm, I like that question. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun one. I love the boundary of having a physical space to explore And even though it's really frustrating for some of us, especially for practicing yoga and we're trying to do fun, crazy poses or something like that, and they're hard to do. Um, but it's, it's such a, it's a boundary that will teach you so much about yourself and about what you need. And, you know, based on how we appear in a body, we are treated differently and that's good and bad, but it helps us 
um, on an interpersonal level, engage with others and learn lessons that we need to learn about ourselves, about other people, about how to be better people. And, um, and then on the movement practice kind of level of being in a body, I, it can be very grounding. It is very grounded to, to be in your body, to be embodied is a grounding experience of, of being present. And in the past, before I found yoga, I was very much not in my body <laughs> and I was, you know, all up in my head all the time. And that is the biggest, one of the biggest benefits I feel I gain from my movement practice is becoming present by moving my body. What are some of the misconceptions about healing? Mm, I think a lot of misconception is that healing is a linear experience or a linear path. And in my experience, from what I've observed and from what I've gone through, it's uh, more cyclical. It's definitely all over the place sometimes because of all the lessons we, we're learning from that healing. And healing isn't just like, okay, fix it and get better. It's it's an experience in itself. It's a journey in itself without really a destination all the time. Um, the destination is the learning that you gain about yourself. And sometimes that's to learn and then help other people learn. Or um, sometimes that's just to move on to other things as you go through your own personal evolution. And then my last warm-up question is about freedom. What is to be liberated? What is freedom to you? Freedom is one of my favorite things. I feel like all my answers are like, this is what yoga is about. But it's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> For me, that's, I mean, yeah. really is from the ancient text, the, the point of yoga is freedom, is liberation. Um, for me, liberation is on many levels, um, freedom through my body of how it moves. So I'm healthy. I'm, you know, on a physical level, everything is flowing the way it should be in optimum health. Uh, freedom is having the time and flexibility to live my life in alignment with my heart and with, you know, where the wind blows and how my life is going and what direction it's going to take. And freedom is really, I think it's a state of mind though. It's, you know, if we think our, we can think ourselves into restriction and into not being free and we can think ourselves out of it, but we have to trust in that and feel into that. And that's also connected to intuition, I think. So ultimately, I think it's a mindset and you can live your life from that mindset and make decisions based on it and you will be living a more free life. Of course, there's other factors at work like privilege and things like that in the world. So it's not that simple, but you know, you've, I've read stories, I'm sure you have too, about people in prison and they still find freedom there, you know, depending on how they approach life. So it really, I think it's more of a mindset and a feeling than, than a destination again, or than um, really what you're doing in the world. It's, it's how you approach things and how you move through your life. You have created the Bend Stronger Yoga Method, and you also offer a yoga course that will be live. It's called Bring Yoga Home Online Course. That will be available October 25th. So talk to me about the main inspiration and the intention of creating this course. So I went through a long journey with my yoga practice. I've been practicing for, I think, at least 15 years now. And it wasn't until halfway through that, maybe, that I actually truly started a home yoga practice. And that was when 
everything changed for me. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about my body. I I enjoyed my home practice at that point more than going to any studio. I was unhappy with every class I took after that because I loved what I could do for myself so much more because I knew myself because no, no teacher can know you inside your body. Right. And, um, that was really, that's the basic like foundation of why I created this course. But on top of that with COVID, you know, I thought this was an amazing opportunity to teach people how to do this because as soon as everything shut down back in March, 2020, I had students texting me, asking me, hey, uh, how am I going to get through this without yoga? How are we going to, how am I going to do this without being able to practice? How can I practice with you? You know, they were in a panic about losing their yoga practice. And I thought, wow, I'm so glad I have the knowledge that I have to practice for myself at home. And of course, there's online, you know, YouTube yoga and free yoga all over the place um, or paid yoga all over the place online. But it's different when you have a relationship with your own body and you're giving yourself exactly what you need. And, and you don't have to do like a 90 or even an hour practice to get benefits out of it when you bring it home. So the course is about learning how to move, you know, do sequencing for yourself, but also how to incorporate meditation practices, how to really, it's like a mini yoga training for people who don't want to teach and they just want the yoga for themselves. (laughs) I thought we could we could use this right now. You know, people can really use that connection to themselves when everything is so chaotic. Yes. Oh, tell me about it. You inspired me. I'll get my husband into it. <laughs> he needs it. Uh, I have some practices, yoga movements that I do every day, but he's getting into it now. So that's a very interesting thing. I will present your format to him. So you have week one movement, Week two, breath practices. Week three, mindset meditation. And then week four, living yoga lifestyle. Talk to me about some of the benefits of yoga. The big one is the immune system health. So immune system boost and also through you call mindful movement and breath work. How does it improve the immune system, Kat? When... We're, well, I mean, when you're moving through a yoga practice, you're moving not just your body, you're moving energy, you're moving stress, you're moving tension and releasing those things. And um, it's the mind-body connection that yoga offers is different than like other exercise modalities because it's it connects you to the present and that mind-body connection is the, the healing part that actually is more immune, immunity boosting on top of the fact that you know, you're, you're healing your body from the inside out. And when you feel better, um, you know, all these things are improved. And I mean, they've proven that mindset is a big part of immunity. Stress is a big part of immunity. If you are stressed, your immunity goes down. And when you are able to manage your stress, self-regulate yourself as yoga teaches you how to do, then stress goes down. And that's, that's the biggest factor of uh, the immunity boosting benefits of yoga, I believe, is really the stress management. But I think it's also really like being in tune with yourself. It's it's hard to be run when you were run down and we get sick. It's usually mm. because we're disconnected, you know. So true. 
So the benefits to practice yoga at home, it's convenient, of course. It's mm-hmm. interesting that you mentioned less competitive, so less distraction because not competitive. It, this is the reason why I never really practiced yoga out there in studios because I noticed women competing with one another and that really didn't resonate. Yeah, and even if it's, you know, people say, oh, I'm competing with myself and it's like, why? Why are you? <laughs> yeah. This is not a competition for, with, yeah. even with yourself, you know. There is no, and that's a constant reminder I put out to students when I'm teaching is like, there's no end goal here in the pose. That The goal is to be aware. The goal is to feel what you're feeling, is to be curious and explore where you're at. In the beginning, you know, it's helpful to have like a target goal, right? Of like, okay, I want to do the pose in this way. But after that initial period of learning just the basics, you know, um, you can start to explore more. And I've had students tell me that, you know, studio yoga, yeah, it's distracting. They, they even though they don't want to compete with others, they still find themselves subconsciously competing with others. <laughs> True. that they're doing that. So it's very hard to go inward when you're surrounded by a bunch of people. And then not knocking studio yoga. I love group energy and that's its own wonderful thing. But I think it's really powerful to have both, to have a home practice that's strong. And if you want to go out and be in community, have that too. You don't have to do only one or the other. That's a beautiful suggestion. So we can have both because I love the idea of communities yeah. too, but not dysfunctional right. communities. <laughs> I like that being part of communities that are health oriented and the idea of union. We are working towards that goal. No separation. So yeah, thank you for that observation that we can have both. We can stay in our house and do what we do. And then we can also go out and socialize and be part of communities. Another point you said, I mean, we have been talking about intuition, but you called um, some of the benefits of practicing yoga at home is deep listening and body intuition. Is body intuition different from the intuition we spoke earlier, Kat? or the same? Um, I think they're, they're related for sure. Uh, body intuition I see is more, you're just taking your intuition and directing it into your body, into that awareness of your physical space and being able to tune into what you need physically in that moment. Kind of like, okay, I'm stressed out and I feel terrible. What do I need right now? I don't, you know, and, but if you start to tune into your body intuition, you can bring awareness to, oh, okay, my shoulders are really tense. How about we do some shoulder opening? And then that will release the tension there. Or I know I've been sitting a lot at my desk and my computer, my back and my hips are so tight. They're so unhappy. If I just move a little bit, once I've tuned into where the imbalance is in my body, then I can, that's the the body intuition is right there. Just um, connecting to what you need on a physical level based on the intuition part of that tuning in. Why do you think women are more interested and attracted to yoga than men? That is such a good question. I It's funny because, you know, whenever that's point, like someone makes that assumption or, I mean, it's you can see it in the classes, right? But whenever like a guy will be, oh, it's a woman's thing. I'm like, you know, it was invented by men, actually. So <laughs> True. It's, it's really not a woman thing, actually. For a long time, women weren't allowed to practice. But um, I think women are attracted to it. There's a couple reasons. I think partly it's like a lot of women are 
quote unquote, better at it from the outset than men. Like men tend to be more tight. They're, if they're working out, they're doing things that are like tightening up the muscles and they're not stretching as much. And then, so that becomes their default. And then women don't have that. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's women who are very tight also, but we tend to go toward things that we find somewhat easy or accessible for our bodies. And then I think that community connection of, and, and, and practice of intuition connecting to yourself is, is more on the feminine spectrum than on the masculine spectrum of going inward. And I think that's another reason why women are more, um, tend to be more in the studios than men, but I'm seeing more and more men over time and I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. Um, because they need, everyone needs it. Yes. I think it's changing slowly. It's definitely changing from, you know, 10, 15 years ago. There's something else that caught my attention that I read within the four steps to a better home yoga practice. You talk about perfectionism or perfectionists. So how can we avoid that, trying to make those movements or everything about yoga perfect? It's really hard, I think, um, because of our like type A, very, you know, go, go, go society that which really feeds into that perfectionism getting out of that you know once when you're tuning into yourself and into your body rather and focusing on how it feels versus how it looks that's where we can get away from perfectionism because there's no perfect there it's it's all subjective it's about how it's experienced rather than the end goal that's the and that's how I was able to get out of that because I call myself a, perfect, a recovering perfectionist and I, it, you know, it's, I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it the correct way all the time. And then over time I realized, well, actually depending on your, your intention, there is no correct way. There's many correct ways. And, um, you know, injuries happen when we're not paying attention. So if you're being aware and you're doing something different, that's quote, you know, out of alignment with the correct way or the traditional way, you're not necessarily going to injure yourself. It's really that happens when we don't pay attention or it happens when we're actually so correct that we're forcing what our body does not want. So, you know, everyone's body is different. There, there, there cannot be perfection in that because there's no like same, it's not, the pose is not going to look the same on every single body. So it's kind of a, a dead end of trying to be a perfect pose for yourself. It's like, that's, on the point anyway. So true. We are so unique. Yeah, that's true, Kat. Yeah, in so many ways. Some of us don't see that, that we are nature itself. Everything in nature is so imperfect, but perfect at the same time, right? Yeah. And we're the same. I mean, we really, it's, I geek out over that all the time where I see, you know, people have different lengths of torsos, different length arms, different length legs in proportion to the torso. And all of those differences not even to get into the skeletal like bone structure differences, those change how you move and how the yoga practice shows up in your body. So yeah, throw perfectionism out the door. We're almost at the end. I have the ending questions. But before that, um, I want to mention also the the five-step home yoga sequence guide that you offer. Is that a free guide, Kat? It is free. We can find that on your website, right? The free guide. Is that the place to go? You know, I don't know if it's on my website right now. It's on my Instagram link in bio. I'll get the link with you, the Instagram link, because I don't have it there. I can send you the link, though, in general. If Yeah. Yeah, so I can post it there. Thank you. 
So the ending questions, before I ask them, would you like to add anything else that we didn't discuss today? No, I think that's, I think we're good. So let me ask you the ending questions. I have too many here. So this one, yeah, success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Success is hmm, having really time freedom is my biggest, biggest thing. Um, Time freedom in doing what I love. So if I'm doing what I love and what I'm, what I'm, my work is filling me up and it's fulfilling me emotionally and it's fulfilling me, you know, it's paying the bills. It's, I'm, I'm able to live my life. Like, and I have time on my hands. That is like the ultimate success for me. And, um, I'm really, I'm just so grateful to do what I'm doing and to be working with, um, clients, individually and and in groups and just helping people feel better. And that's, that's the ultimate like success for me because, you know, I can, there's a lot of other things I could be doing technically, right? I have the skills to do, but they don't fill me up on a deeper soul level. And, um, the fact that I can do what really does fill me up on the soul level is, is, is the ultimate success for me. Two more questions for you. What is another word for life? Another word for life. Another word for life. I, the first word that comes to me is living and resilient, actually, and resilience right after that. And resilience is one of my favorite words. I think it's so, it's, I mean, we all need to be more resilient. And life itself is resilient. You know, if you look at nature and, and everything, and I always think of like the weeds that will grow through the, you know, between the concrete that we put down. And life finds a way, you know, and that's, life is resilience in a lot of ways. And, you know, we can go through so much trauma and adapt and still live our lives. It's not ideal, but we have that resilience in us. Um, Ideally, of course, I would love for people to have less of that, but that's not ever going to go away. Like we need, I think the struggles that we have are necessary for us to grow, right? We're not going to grow without them. And without them, we're not going to be resilient. So yeah, I would say resilience is another word. What comes to mind is the idea of um, being strong, because we do have the concept of being strong. So I wonder, despite of anything, doing what we have to do, and just even if we are in pain, just moving forward. So I wonder if you separate, in a sense, you have a, a more clear understanding of what resilience is and it's not necessarily being strong in a sense of denying even the pain we have we carry no yeah so I do um I mean resilience is that but I think it's also going with the flow of life not in a complacent way but being able to handle the waves that come at you And rather than getting knocked down and just, oh, okay, my life is over now, you know, you get back up or you learn how to stand your ground so that those waves wash through you. And it's, it's really kind of moving toward equanimity than anything else. And my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body? Mm, Wow, that's a big question. Three things you want everyone to experience before they lose their body. I want them to experience deep gratitude for all of it, like for the good and the bad and, and the whole journey of, of how those pieces come together. 
I want people to experience deep love, a love outside of themselves, love for themselves, love for, I mean, really just everything on a deep, deep level. And, um, and then joy, just pure joy. And, and you can't have joy without sadness, you know, those things are, are together and we don't really even know joy until we've been able to go through a deeper sadness of, of sorts, I think. Thank you so much for your presence today, our conversation, uh, the wisdom, the beautiful, natural, I call divine wisdom that you let it flow through you so gracefully and clearly in everything you do to help others, yourself and others. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kat Valadez Yoga. It's v- Valadez with two A's and it's Cat with a C. And my website is www.catvalidez.com. Those are the best two places to find me and you'll find all my offerings through one of those places or both of those places, with, uh, whether it's uh, the Bring Yoga Home course. I'd love to have people in or um, online classes or uh, just connect with me on Instagram and say hi. And I'll have those links on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Kat, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Kat Valadez and her work, please visit catvalidez.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.